0: It's early, but Notre Dame is off to a great start recruiting the Class of 2025, plus they have a chance to close out the Class of 2024 with a bang. That's next. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of
1: the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up? Welcome to Locked On Irish. It is Thursday, August 3rd, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. This show is free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, so whether you're watching or listening, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button if you have not already. My name is Tyler Wojcik, and I'm the host. I graduated from Notre Dame in 2018, and I've been podcasting about the football team since 2020. I'm also a producer covering college football at the Fox Sports headquarters in L.A., The Irish did not practice on Wednesday, so I felt like it was a good time to check in on recruiting, especially coming off a really important weekend in which the staff hosted over 30 prospects for their Grill and Chill cookout event. This wasn't your typical official visit weekend, so to learn more about that and everything that transpired, I'm going to be joined by recruiting insider Kevin Sinclair for the latest on that event, plus, big picture stuff on Notre Dame recruiting. For the everyday listeners of the pod, I'll be doing another mailbag episode tomorrow. So get your questions in. You can drop them below in the YouTube comments, or you can send them over on Twitter at LockdownIrish or on Instagram at Irish pod. All right, let's talk to Kevin. Kevin Sinclair from Irish Illustrated is back with us here for a little recruiting check-in. And Kevin, let's start with Notre Dame's big event from this past weekend, the Grill & Chill Cookout. The staff hosted over 30 prospects on campus, and correct me if I'm wrong on that number, mostly from the class of 2025, plus some committed prospects in the class of 24 as well, for what sounded like a really unique experience. So I'll just give you the floor to explain what it is, what went down, and really, you could take this any direction you want.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, um, you know, we've seen all kinds of recruiting events and uh, I think kind of starts with like, you know, Chad Bowden uh, and Dre Brown, you know, part of the you know, recruiting staff there. They're just kind of those like younger fun guys who um, do a really good job of just um, you know m- connecting with young guys for starters, but then like um, organizing really good like recruiting events where basically recruits have a great time. So they do their families but also make lots of time and space for recruits and commits to, to meet each other and get to know each other kind of thing. Um, and for example, um, there was three really, really good, really talented um, offensive linemen um, there in the 2025 class. Uh, Matty Augustine from uh, Connecticut, Rowan Byrne from New York, uh, and Owen Stravig from Wisconsin. Um, you know, Two of them told me that you know, they'd met each other like briefly at other visits, but then it's just real busy and they they never got a chance to talk the whole time. You know, it's just like visits to other schools recently, but when they're at Notre Dame, they, they, they spent the whole day together. They, they left knowing each other and friends and going to keep in touch kind of thing. So I think that that's really important. Cause I think um, for a lot of recruits who, um, you know, maybe commit to Notre Dame, maybe not the entire reason, but part of it is because they've met the other commits, you know Um for example, like Cam Williams committed after CJ Carr committed. They knew each other, you know, good friends. That's, you know, kind of an enticing thing to hey, I can, I can play with those guys. I met them on that visit and so on. So there's some good components there. And then um, obviously Justin, Justin Thurman was there on the weekend. Um, he committed, of course, uh, just early this week. Um, so that was obviously a, a success story. And a lot of the guys who were on the list, um, many of them actually visited in in June, so just a month prior. So there was a lot of guys coming back, which means they must have done a lot of things right uh, in June. And I just felt like you know they made a lot of headway with a lot of uh, good prospects there. There were some guys who uh, I think only a, a couple out of that whole list were you know first time visitors. There's a guy named uh, Jarquez Carter, a really good defensive tackle from Florida. Turns out he's uh, pretty good friends with Davion Dixon, who's committed to Notre Dame. That went really well. Um, but yeah, a lot of return visitors, guys getting to know each other really well. And I felt like they, you know, helped themselves a lot with, uh, you know, a handful of recruits at least.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the benefits to an event like this for the staff and the players as well, who are visiting that are different from a typical official visit weekend?
1: Yeah, I think, um, uh, again, uh, it's sort of, um, connecting with the commits. Okay. For example, you can get CJ Carr, uh, Cam Williams and Sean Severino and and all these guys, um, those are really really high character uh, kids. Right? Really high character recruits. They're, they're fun guys. They're, you know, the kind of guys who stand out in a room. Like uh, Cam Williams is a really impressive kid. And um when he was there, you know, he's been there many times, so he doesn't have to worry about tours and things like that. And I talked to Cam just after the the event and. He had uh, met and spent a whole bunch of time with uh, safety Ethan Long, who's, a, you know, like seemingly a priority type recruit, um, and several other players. There was a, a safety there named Jadon Blair from North Carolina, He's a four-star recruit, traveled all the way up there with his family from uh, Winston-Salem, and, um, you know, he, he you know took him aside and he talked to Jadon Blair for a long time about why he had committed to Notre Dame, and uh, Jadon Blair's parents, Broach uh, Gam asked them, you know, all the questions that they they sort of had about Notre Dame and why he committed there. And, and I think all of those little connections between, again, these, these commits who are all pretty impressive kids, right? Lots of these kids are, you know, 4.0 students from great families, really mature, bright, bright young guys. Um, they, you know, reflect Notre Dame really well. It's these recruits that are there, Considering Notre Dame among many schools, and I think Notre Dame does a really good job of separating a few recruits. Rowan Byrne, I just talked to him uh, yesterday. You know, he said he had visited Michigan on Friday, Ohio State on Saturday, and then when he visited Notre Dame, he said it was it was more just like just fun, like playing games, like
0: competing. Yeah, w- were they just playing like cornhole and stuff?
1: yeah lots of things like that yeah you know for yeah. example when they had
0: food they had like a like a cook-off right like
1: a, who had the who could grill the best steak and stuff like that you know it might sound sort of silly to sort of it's hear about it but yeah. Yeah, those types of things are, are fun it's what like kind of families do in their backyard and so that's the kind of stuff they're into and they all sound like they had a, like a really good time and what my point was i heard from a few recruits that they gone on a few other visits and they're like real serious and you know, every 20 minutes, different meetings and, and videos and stuff you're watching. It just wasn't like that in Notre Dame. Um, it, was, it was more like, kind of like what I said, what you do in your backyard with your family, having a good time, uh, and, and really talking to these Notre Dame commits who, again, those are some pretty impressive kids.
0: Yeah, it sounds like that's a good way to mix it up a little bit, where obviously you have some official visits where you need to do the meeting with all the coaches, the tours and all that, and and getting to know the staff and the positional meetings. But sometimes it's probably good just to be able to hang out with these guys, not only the other prospects who are visiting, but the coaches as well and get to see them in a different light. So I could definitely see why that's appealing to recruits and why the staff would want to do something like that. But you already mentioned his name, the four-star running back Justin Thurman out of Florida. Notre Dame was able to secure his commitment coming out of the weekend he is their third commit in the class of 2025. And by all accounts, he sounds like a really good player. So how was the staff able to get his commitment so early in the process?
1: Yeah. Um, kind of long story short. Um, so he grew up in in St. Louis. Okay. And it was just about exactly one year ago. He moved down to Tampa his family relocated there. I believe it was his dad's job to go down there, but he's really, really connected to St. Louis. And He was Christian Gray's teammate in 2021 at DeSmet, Uh, works with this. There's a really prominent, like, popular trainer there who trained Kyron Williams, Jeremiah Love, and Christian Gray. And he also was coaching at DeSmet in 2021 when Christian Gray and Justin Thurman were teammates there. So there's this immediate connection with some really popular young players in Notre Dame. Um, Beyond that, he's just um, a prototypical Notre Dame kid. Elite student, really bright kid, um, really strong in his faith. Notre Dame was always a school that he was interested in and admired long before he probably ever even thought that he might get offered there one day type thing. So once he got the offer, you know, on top of that, he's a running back. He meets Dylan McCullough. He, you know, coached in the NFL, um, you know, in terms of resumes and, and, and personality and coaching and that he's probably one of the more impressive running back coaches in college football right now. Uh, in terms of like being a recruit and, and meeting coaches, you know? Um, so kind of add all that up. He, he knows a couple of freshmen there. Uh, he's a top end student, um, serious about his faith, really bright kid um, just dealing McCullough, you know? So he visited uh, in June and, you know, by, by the end of that visit, it was, it just really seemed like it was only a matter of time. Uh, and that proved to be the case. You know, he visited again on Sunday and, uh, yeah, that was it. it. Was over by then, and um, I was pretty sure a commitment would come this week, and it did.
0: Dylan McCullough has been on quite a tear lately with running back recruiting. He's already got two of the guys he needs in the class of twenty twenty four, and he's already got one in the class of twenty twenty five. And it doesn't seem like running back is necessarily the biggest position of need, but it doesn't matter. Dylan McCullough just keeps landing these commitments. But on that note, uh, I realize it's still very early in the process for the class of twenty twenty five. But what are the what are Notre Dame's biggest needs? In this class, from a position standpoint, right now.
1: Uh, well, a twenty twenty five class. Well, for starters, Notre Dame. You know, since Marcus Freeman came in, there's more emphasis on the quarterback position. And, and I think, like, if you want to, you want to win big, you got to recruit that position really well every year. You know, not, yeah. not every it's other year. It's pretty important. Would, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what the best teams do: Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, yep. pretty much every year, right? And so they're doing a good job with that right now. Kenny Minchie They brought in Sam Hartman, CJ Carr. And so, you know, Deuce Knight, top, top priority uh, recruit there. Notre Dame is a really good shot uh, with him. We'll see how that sort of shakes out.
0: And he was there last week, right?
1: Uh, Yes, he was. Yeah, he was there on uh, Thursday. Um, You know, aside from that, they've done a really good job of addressing, um, you know, positions across the board. Personally, I think safety, with how thin that position is right now, you've got – DJ Brown, Antonio Carter, Thomas Harper are all either leaving after this season or Carter could possibly return for another year. Those guys are all, um, you know, on their, on their way out, uh, you know, soon enough. And then you got even Xavier Watson, Ramon Henderson are going to be seniors this fall. Um, they didn't, uh, you know, from Justin Walters to Kari G so we can just keep going down these names guys who just transferred out or didn't work out at that position, whatever it may be. So, safety in my opinion really important position um not necessarily like a high volume but gotta keep focusing uh, on that position there um again how i was just describing safety uh, jD Bertrand Maris Liufau, uh, uh jack kaiser um, these guys are are all going to be leaving uh, no, uh leaving notre Dame sorry very soon and um you know with prince Colley uh leaving notre Dame um they're just up a Aside from Kaiser, Leofau, and Bertrand, all those are the only three upperclassmen. All the other linebackers right now are, are either freshmen or uh, redshirt freshmen. So, um, linebacker is really important, and the 2025 linebacker class is loaded with really, really, really good talent. So, um, that should be a good one there. And then I think uh, the offensive tackle position uh, really important as well. I in Notre Dame. I've added some good tackles each class, but not like just probably just barely enough to have the numbers. I think focus on that position, land some good tackles and probably be, you know, cemented for a little while. So safety, linebacker, tackle, those are some that come to mind.
0: Yeah, a lot of defensive positions, honestly. I, I would like to see Notre Dame get a couple good Vipers in this class as well. Um, you've mentioned a few of them already, just some of the different names. Deuce Knight obviously being the biggest name. He's the quarterback, and I love Notre Dame's approach to the quarterback position. I've been saying that you can't do it every other year. you got to get the top guy every single year and eventually just let the talent win out. And if, if guys transfer because they don't win the job, so be it you know that's just the nature of college football but who are some of the other top priority targets from the class of 2025 who made the trip maybe some names that fans aren't necessarily totally in on yet or they just don't know about because again it's a class of 2025 we're still focused on the class of 2024 a little bit um and is there anybody who might be on commit watch after this weekend
1: um well one player uh, i wouldn't say he's on commit watch he's going to be probably a pretty big recruiting battle for him but if you want to know about you know guys you're priority recruiter would be really really nice to land uh owen stray out of uh, wisconsin huge tackle you know eight, um 295 to 300 pounds um he's in the top 100 i i think he's got a shot at, at potentially making an argument to be a five-star recruit He's he's got all the size the talent he's a really bright kid I believe he has offers from stanford and notre dame and others um so that's one uh right there to keep an eye on but you know, lots of schools recruiting him. We'll see there. Um, one guy I kind of wonder about. It's it's difficult to tell. You know what his time frame might look like, but uh, there's a four-star defensive end, Chris Burgess, out of uh, Chicago. Um, you know, four-star recruit. This visit, just this last Sunday, was his fifth trip to Notre Dame since last October. Um, I think his fourth since the spring game. So he's obviously coming back for a reason. You know, he's not taking a, a lot of visits elsewhere. And so, you know, he really likes South Washington. He lives nearby in Chicago. He talked to me that, about that. He likes that, that it's not, um, you know, not far from home. Loves Marcus Freeman. So, you know, we'll see what sort of happens there. But when a kid, you know, visits five times in like a, you know, nine months span or whatever it is, it's yeah. a pretty good yeah. sign. Um, so in terms of, you know, that sort of commit watch, um, you know, I, I would say the other one would, would be, perhaps safety Ethan Long. Um, so he's a kid I, I mentioned earlier, uh, really, really good safety from Brunswick School and Connecticut, which is like a perfect profile school for Notre Dame. Really athletic kid. Um, like as a sophomore, he led his uh, varsity basketball team in scoring this last year. The, what I What isn't clear yet is when he might want to decide. You've got to keep in mind these guys just finished their sophomore yeah. years, right? It's so, so some, early. Yeah, some seem like, you know, Notre Dame's the, the clear leader there or close to it. But for all we know, they might not decide for a year from now. And that actually wouldn't be, you know, like not typical. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. But those are uh, those are a couple I would keep an eye on, like Chris Burgess and, uh, and Ethan Long uh, out of Connecticut.
0: This episode of Locked On Irish is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I used LinkedIn Jobs a couple years ago in between working at ESPN and Fox. I found a job opening at a production company on LinkedIn, and they made it easy to contact the hiring manager, learn more about the role, and eventually I got the job. LinkedIn also makes it incredibly easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. All you have to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. We all know hiring people can be time-consuming, but adding the right team member can be invaluable to your business, and LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier than ever before. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's talk about the class of 2024. Um, Now that Notre Dame has secured a commitment from linebacker Kingston Viliamu Asa, the top target left on Notre Dame's board is the elite offensive tackle, Kirby Lambert, out of Massachusetts. And at one point last week, it looked like Lambert was going to take an unofficial visit to the nearby Boston College, which is one of his finalists. But it sounds like that visit did not end up happening. I know there's been some conflicting reports out there. It's really tough to get a read on his recruitment. So can you try to set the record straight on the latest with his recruitment and as much as you can, because I realize that's a difficult ask.
1: Yeah, well, it's, um, for starters, I covered his teammate last year, okay, Vubakar uh, um, who's a freshman at Notre Dame now, and uh, I learned firsthand that it's very difficult to get uh, in touch with anyone from that program. Like, usually if I want to know about a recruit, I can always get a hold of their coaches and that. I don't know if they have, like, a sort of a no-media policy or something, but you're just not getting through to anyone there. Uh, Lambert himself is a quiet kid who, um, you know, he's, he's not a he'll, he'll do interviews here and there, but he's not a kid who really wants to, you know, show his hand, I guess, so to speak. So that's why it's been uh, pretty difficult. Um, some recruits, there's lots of sources to sort of check in with. He's sort of the opposite of that. Um, and then, like you said, conflicting reports on the, the visit to Boston College. I, I heard from. Uh, someone uh, yesterday that he didn't visit there. I heard from someone else that he he didn't arrive or visit when he had planned to, but he may have stopped by Boston College later in the weekend. But it might not have been like an actual recruitment. So, you know, it's tough to say. That's strange. Um, yeah. 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 Anyhow, um, you know, Lambert from the outset, I always felt like Notre Dame was going to land you. Know, I still feel. I just could say cautiously optimistic about it. Um, I think Notre Dame is, But i have to say, I'd say Notre Dame, to me, seems like the most likely uh, to land him. A few people I've talked to, and no one seems to have a really good, clear idea on it, but pretty much everyone I've talked to is saying the same thing. They think it's probably going to be Notre Dame, but you just can't be too sure, right? Um, Perfect example, just, just recently, Kingston, Billy Amuaza out in California, Everyone thought he was going to go to Ohio State, I mean, myself included. But everyone sort of had that, that hint, uh, you know, he could potentially surprise and choose Notre Dame. And, you know, he didn't decide until just the day before he announced. And for all we know, Lambert may not have made a full decision yet. I think that is the case. So we're going to see what happens here. I guess what I would say, you know, one firm answer, I'll be surprised if he doesn't end up at Notre Dame. We'll see what happens then.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's publicly said multiple times that he considers Notre Dame the leader. It sounds like, just me from the outside reading how things have sort of played out with his recruitment, it sounds like a kid who's in high school who's having some difficulty uh, making a decision that's going to require him to move far away from home, which is totally understandable. Uh, It's something that... You know, And it's not just recruits. It's a lot of high school kids have to go through that process when they're making their college choice. They're like, do I really want to go that far from home? A lot of kids want to stay nearby. And I totally get it, but we'll wait and see. Obviously, I'm hoping that he ends up at Notre Dame, and it does seem like Notre Dame is the leader. What insight do you have on Notre Dame's approach to recruiting Lambert? Because like you said, he's a different prospect. He's a really important prospect. Is it Joe Rudolph leading the way? Is Freeman coming in a little bit more? Do you have any insight on how Notre Dame is sort of uh, approaching this? Because it's a little bit of a different recruitment.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is you get a change at the offensive line. coach. I remember it wasn't, you know, it was a little while ago now, but it didn't even seem that long ago. I remember talking to him all about Harry Hestan and his relationship with him well he has gone now and that what that means is you got to get him comfortable with that new coach and, and that means Joe Rudolph definitely you know leading the way getting in touch with him, getting him comfortable with the idea of you know that being the offensive line coach there and then of course he get to meet in person uh, when he takes his visit and then of course you know whenever they're working on closing on a you know top end recruit whether it's Kingston or Lambert or someone of that sort, you know Marcus Freeman's involved there of course right Chad Bowden has good relationships with you know, every recruited team so um you know those are the three guys there and uh, you know Lambert's the the end of the day there's two things that he really likes there he's a top end student. I mean he has an offer from Harvard for a reason um very 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 good student so that right there is appealing to him and then his teammate being a freshman there and his teammate, telling him you know this it's great here you should come here as well um just kind of put all those things together there and that's what's appealing for him of course boston college is he lives in the boston area so um, he could stay home but you know i i like notre dame uh to finish that one but again not too too sure so it's uh you know nerve-wracking to have a prediction in there right now
0: all right we talked about him a little bit Kingston Villiamuasa, you and I have talked offline about his commitment a little bit, but not here on the show. So, where does his commitment rank among the biggest surprises to you since you started on the Notre Dame recruiting beat? Because it it shocked me when I watched it live, but I think you got a little bit of a tip beforehand that hey, it might actually end up being Notre Dame.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, I'd say about a week before he announced. I talked to his linebacker coach, uh, a linebacker coach at Bosco. And, you know, I didn't really get anything from him. And it, it seemed like he was either purposely sort of uh, you know, hiding it from me, or that he himself legitimately didn't know. And he was talking with other people covering the recruitment. It was the same thing for all of them. Everyone was, you know, trying to get a read on it. It seemed like it was gonna be Ohio State and it was, just, you know, it was uh came down to the wire, but I always felt like Notre Dame had a shot there and and Clearly they did. You know, he um, you know, he's a pretty religious kid. He went on a uh, a, a retreat with uh, some people from his church group, um, not too long before he uh, announced his decision. Um the purpose of that is, you know, really thinking about what he's going to do and try to solidify it, you know, get away and sort of think it, think it through. Um, you know, and and I know that, you know, in the end, I think Notre Dame was sort of uh, Carving a different path, so to speak, doing something a little bit different, thinking about his future. Um, I think those things really added up to the win there. Also, i would learned that, you know, his his mom had been accepted to Stanford, you know, years ago, ended up not being able to go. And I think maybe that sort of irked her a little bit all of these years that she couldn't go to Stanford. Now, you can imagine what it would then be like to see your son and have the opportunity to go to school like Notre Dame. Um, I, I, know that there is a lot of support from his mom toward Notre Dame, not that she was necessarily steering him there. Um, you know, and in the end, I think he just bought that he, he you know, Marcus Freeman says all the time, you know, choose hard, right. And it's, uh, you know, really good long-term payoff and, um, mature kid. He's bright. And he, he has a 4.4 GPA. And I think he just decided to, to take that more difficult path. You know, that's not an easy decision. So it tells you a lot about, you know, the type of kid he is really. And, um. Man, what a great, great player. You know, I personally, I think he's a little under rent. I think he's you know, arguably the best linebacker in the country. And, um, you know, he's in like 6'3", maybe a bit more than 6'3". Um, I think he's uh, just over 225. Uh, he's an outstanding prospect. So huge pickup there for Notre Dame because they – you know, it lost a few really big ones on defense, and I think they, you know, that was a good one. But they they needed that one. They needed that kind of splash. So that was, uh, man, what a big deal. And, and and in terms of your question of the most um, surprising uh, commitments, I mean, over the last like three or four years, I'd say Emil Wagner and and maybe King off the top of my head. I, maybe that's without looking at all the classes. But you know, those are those two there are probably might be the two most surprising, you know, I think Wagner may have been the most surprising because it was to the point where I literally wasn't even watching his announcement. I just, I, I felt at the moment I knew he wasn't going to choose Notre Dame. And um, I don't know for sure, but I don't even know if some of Notre Dame's coaches were watching it either. Um, yeah. I don't think
0: huge, they, yeah. I think that yeah, was my surprise.
1: Huge, yeah. Huge surprise. So those are the the two that I can think of right now. Anyhow.
0: Okay, uh, I hope with KVA, man, we got to get you out here to L.A. and we'll go to a Bosco game together this fall to watch him in person because I'm really excited to see him live. But last question before I let you go, and I saved this for last because, frankly, I'm already kind of tired of talking about it. So, as you know, Ross Ellinger from Yahoo Sports reported that Notre Dame is likely going to resign with Under Armour on a 10-year deal. Notre Dame nor Under Armour have yet to confirm this publicly at the time of this recording, I should mention, but that certainly seems like the direction that Notre Dame is headed here. What impact, if any, do you think this will have on Notre Dame recruiting? You know, I just I
1: don't see it ever being a deciding factor with any recruit. And I don't think I'm not saying this in a way that I'm not saying that this doesn't matter at all and that young people don't care because that's that's clearly not true. But I don't think Notre Dame is ever going to lose it, not get a commitment or lose a commitment over an apparel deal. Because you, you think about Notre Dame and why you choose Notre Dame, um apparel, you know, what brand makes their um, you know, football jerseys, all of those types of things is so far outside of why people choose Notre Dame, right? It's it's the, the long-term uh, aspect of it, right? It's you know. There's the four for 40 approach, you know, the strength of the degree. Um, some of the more superficial things might apply in recruiting pitches with, you know, some other programs, uh, but not at Notre Dame. And that's my view of it. Um, some people sort of argue otherwise. Um, but man, I just don't see it costing them on the recruiting trail. Um, that's my point of view on it.
0: Yeah, that's what I figured, but I felt like I needed to ask since the topic has sort of dominated the conversation over the past 24 hours or so. But he is Kevin Sinclair, recruiting insider for Irish Illustrated. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on. I really appreciate it, and uh, now you can get some rest, man. Take care. All
1: right, thanks very much. Uh, Anytime.
0: That's going to do it for me today. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. Remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and send your mail back questions in. If you want to be featured on tomorrow's episode, you can send them in on Twitter at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod, and my personal Twitter account at Tyler, W-O-J-C-I-A-K. I'll see you guys tomorrow.